Today is called Palm Sunday. And it was on Palm Sunday that Jesus entered Jerusalem. The crowds were there. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And yet, just a few days later, they would be crying, crucify him. And today we will look at him as being not only the king, whom they received readily, but as the lamb, the lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. In Jesus' life, this week began with celebration. It would end with the crucifixion. Palms were cast out, welcoming him. It would end with his passion. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, would end in a horrible death. Each of the gospel writers gives to us the narrative of Palm Sunday. I have in my library a book that's entitled The Life of Christ in Stereo. And what this writer has done is he has taken all of the gospel writers and he has blended them together so that we can get a full understanding of what took place in the life of Christ. I want to take the time this morning to read to you. It's going to take a couple of minutes. All of the gospel writers blended together so that we can have a, a full understanding of what took place on Palm Sunday. And it came to pass the next day when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the mountain called Olivet. Then Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go into the village that is opposite you and immediately on entering it, you will find a donkey tied up and a colt tied with her on which no one ever yet sat. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, if anyone asks you, why are you doing this? You shall say to him, because the Lord has need of them and he will send them here at once. So those who were sent went on their way and did as Jesus had commanded them and found a young donkey just as he told them tied outside the door in the street and they untied it and the owners of it were standing there and said to them what are you doing untying the colt and they told them what Jesus had commanded the Lord has need of it and they let them go so they brought the donkey and the colt to Jesus. And throwing their garments on them, they sat Jesus on the colt. Now as he proceeded, they began to spread their garments on the road. And as he was already drawing near at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works which they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who is coming in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And a great throng who had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem cut branches from the palm trees and went out to meet him and strewed them in the road. And the crowds who went before him and those who followed kept crying out, 
Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who is coming in the name of the Lord, the king of Israel. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled. What was spoken by the prophet saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, fear not. Behold, your king is coming to you, meek and mounted on a donkey, even a colt, the foal of a donkey. These things his disciples understood not at first. But when Jesus was glorified, they remembered that these things were written of him, that they had done these things to him. And some of the Pharisees from the multitude said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you, if these should be silent, the stones would cry out. And upon entering Jerusalem, the entire city was aroused, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. The Pharisees said, therefore, to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Lo, the world has gone after him. And Jesus entered into the temple. And when he had looked around on everything, as the hour was already late, he went to Bethany with the twelve. That is how the week began. A great proclamation of the king. Received by not only his disciples, but all who were in Jerusalem. Recognizing the wonder of the son of David who came in the name of the Lord. The king eternal was with them. Now as you think about the king, there are some things in the text that you need to understand. First of all, there were the crowds. Now, understand that this is how you spell crowds, but it's the only way to get a K with it, okay? That's what you call pastoral license. The text we read this morning talked about the disciples, and they were certainly there. The text we read this morning said the multitudes were there. This was the Passover season, and there were some two to three million people in Jerusalem at this time. And they were all gathered recognizing that this man was something different. We said that he was riding on a donkey to fulfill Zechariah's prophecy. Zechariah 9.9. And certainly they understood that one day the king would come and he would not come with great ceremony. But he would come with great humility. And that is exactly how Jesus Passover, remembering what God had done to free his people from Egypt. The Hebrew word for Passover, pish, it means their flight. And you will recall how God had sent Moses back to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh to let his people go. And then there were ten plagues, the last of which was the killing of the firstborn throughout all of Egypt. Egypt. 
unless, unless a lamb was slain and blood was applied, and then the death angel would pass over that home. It was a celebration of deliverance. One of the appointed feasts, a holy consecration, and the crowds were there to receive them. But not only were the crowds there, but there was an inauguration, an installation, if you will, an opportunity for them to insist that he was indeed their king. Hosanna! The word means, Lord, save us. And they had been under the domination of Rome had not been free to even worship as they would like. But were always fearful of how the government might come in and impose its standard. And so as Jesus came to Jerusalem that day, he came as the son of David, and the cry was, Save us now, salvation has arrived. Now they certainly had a different perspective than Jesus did on salvation. <laughs> they were hoping that Jesus would set up his earthly kingdom, that the Roman government would be pushed out. And all of a sudden, the one who was promised to rule Israel, the son of David, would be sitting on the throne right there in Jerusalem. They did not picture the fact that he came not as conqueror, but as Christ. He came not to set up a kingdom, but to provide salvation. And yet, they recognized how blessed he was. They were happy, they were ecstatic, because here was the one who came in the name of the Lord. Now, the text also tells us that the whole city, as they saw this coronation, this inauguration, wondered who this was. There was a knowing. There was a questioning. Again, I understand that's not how you spell knowing. Bear with me. Who is this man? They did not know. The whole city, the narrative says, was stirred up. The word stirred there has, has the idea, moved in the King James, has the idea of an earthquake proportion shake-up. It's the word seismic that we have in our language. Who is this? What's going on? Now, the crowd was caught up, and, and many were proclaiming the wonder of who he is, caught along in the celebration but could this be the one from Galilee? Could this be the one from Nazareth? Could this be the one who spent much of his time out in the wilderness? Could this be the way that God was going to provide deliverance? Who was this man? And the scripture tells us that the Pharisees declared that the whole world had gone after him. <laughs> they knew there was something different here. 
they knew that unless they did something, they were going to be forced to give up their power, to put themselves in a position. John's Gospel, chapter 11, says this. What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Now, that was John 11. Do you know what took place in the first part of John 11? The resurrection of Lazarus. And he had provided proof of who he was. And the Pharisees wanted to get together and kill Lazarus because he was the living reality that this was the Son of God. But the whole world, from their perspective, had gone after him. And what are we to do now? Well, this is Sunday. This is the first day of the week. And we know exactly what was plotted in the next few days. But he was the king. I think it interesting that as we move forward in the next few days, even Pilate declared him the king. Pilate before the crowd, what shall I do with this one who is king of the Jews? And you remember the ascription on top of the cross? Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. The Pharisees wanted that taken down, and Pilate said, what I've written, I've written, there it is. And so this morning together we celebrate the king. The king eternal. The king invisible. The only high God. The son of David. And blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There were many things that took place that last week of Christ's life. The fig tree was cursed. There was the cleansing of the temple. There were Greeks who came to see Jesus. He told some parables to his disciples. A parable about a wedding feast. A parable about a vineyard. Someone brought a coin to Jesus and said, do we pay taxes? He said, whose inscription is on the coin? And then he said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and the things of God that are God's. There was the widow who gave her might in the temple. There was the Olivet Discourse and Mary anoints him. But in all of this, there were those who were still looking to see the king. If you have your Bibles, turn to John's gospel. Will you please? John chapter 12. Jesus had already told his disciples twice that he would go to Jerusalem and offer his life as a sacrifice. In Matthew chapter 16, where we have Peter's great confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'll die. And, and Peter said, no, Lord, that's not the plan. And you remember Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, because God has something better in mind. They were on the Mount of Transfiguration. And there, Moses and Elijah appeared. And Jesus again told them that he would go and offer himself as a sacrifice. John chapter 12, verse 32. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. Verse 37. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe him. Verse 42, nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And Jesus cried out, verse 44, and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. He was headed. Now, John chapter 13 gives us the narrative of the Passover. And as I said, that was why Jerusalem was so crowded that day. They were there as a holy convocation to recognize what God had done in their past in delivering them from bondage in Egypt. Not quite understanding what God was going to do in their future and provide salvation. I again want to turn to the life of Christ in stereo and read for you the blended gospel accounts so that we can have a full picture of what took place as they gathered to celebrate the Passover, reminding you that the Passover was all about the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain whose blood was placed on the top post and side posts of their homes. The lamb who gave his life so that the firstborn might live. The life of Christ in stereo. Then came the first day of unleavened bread. When the Pharisees, when the Passover lamb must be killed. And the disciples came to Jesus saying, where do you wish us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? So he, went, so he sent off Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. And they said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? And he said to them, Go into the city, and behold, there will meet you a man carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wherever he may go in, say to the man of that house, the teacher says to you, my time is at hand. Where is the guest room for me to eat the Passover at your house with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room 
furnished and ready. Then prepare for us. And his disciples set out and went into the city as Jesus had instructed them and found just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. So when it was evening, he came with the twelve, and when the hour arrived, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, With yearning have I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will not any more eat of the Passover till it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And receiving a cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this, divide it among yourselves. Now Jesus was aware before the feast of the Passover that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, loved them to the uttermost degree. So was supper begun. Though the devil already had put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he came forth from God and was going unto God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments and girded a towel about himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. When therefore he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and reclined again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me the teacher and the Lord, and you speak well, for so I am. If then I, the Lord and the teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example, that just as I did to you, you also should do. Verily, verily, I say to you, a bondman is not greater than his Lord, nor a messenger greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I do not speak of all of you. I know those whom I chose. When Jesus had said these things, and while they reclined at the table and were eating, he became troubled in spirit and testified, saying, Verily, verily, I say to you that one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. So the disciples were exceedingly grieved and looked at one another, wondering of whom he spoke. And they began to ask of one another, Who of them it might be that would do this? And to say to him, one by one, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping with me in the dish. Behold, moreover, the hand of the one betraying me is with me on the table. And the Son of Man indeed is going, as it has been determined, as it has been written of him. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. It were good for that man had not been born. Then Judas, the betrayer, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said to him, You have said. Jesus said therefore to him, What you are doing, do quickly. 
Now none of those at the table knew why he spoke to him. For some thought that since, Jesus, since Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy the things we need for the feast. Or that he should give something to the poor. Immediately, Judas went out and it was night. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it. And he gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to the disciples saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in like manner after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. And they drank from it. And he said to them, This cup is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the remission of sins. But verily I say to you that I will never more drink of the fruit of the vine till that day when I drink it new with you in the kingdom of my Father. The Lamb. John had identified Jesus as the Lamb. You remember that? At the beginning of his ministry. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse says, Behold the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world, and now the time was at hand. The Passover, where the Lamb's blood would be given for the salvation of others. And he identified that with his disciples. You see, Jesus was looking ahead. Ahead to a full satisfaction of God's demand that blood be spilt. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And God had required that all of the people offer sacrifices and celebrate the Lamb And now Christ looks ahead and says, it's going to be accomplished. It's going to be completed. And Hebrews tells us that after he offered a sacrifice, he sat down because there was no longer a need for any sacrifice to be offered. You see, atonement was in his blood. This was his body. He had been wounded for their transgressions. He had been bruised for their iniquities for ours. The chastisement of their and our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed, said the prophet Isaiah. He said, this is my body which is given for you. This is my blood which is spilt for you. In Exodus chapter 12, as the people of Israel were commanded to slay the lamb and apply the blood. The declaration was, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. We read this morning, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. We've not been redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ with a, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. The wonder of the Lamb. He gave to them a memory. Because he said, you celebrate this in remembrance of me. 
Paul repeats that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. As he says, this is the communion table. You do this as, as often as you drink the cup and eat the bread in remembrance of him. For as often as you do that, you make a proclamation of the Lord's death until he comes back to take us home. Today on this Palm Sunday, we are proclaiming the wonder of the Lamb. Today, this day, we recognize in his memory what he has accomplished in our behalf. Today, on this day, we understand that it was for me, for you, he shed his precious A memorial service celebrated to leave an impact, footprints, if you will, on our lives concerning what God has done. Why? So that we can behold the Lamb. So that we can look to the one who was the sacrifice in our You know, every day of our lives, we ought to look to the Lamb. Every day of our lives, we ought to behold what God has done. Not only in His love and His grace, but also His mercy. God unconditionally meeting our need. God giving to us what we do not deserve. God not giving to us what we do deserve. And I trust that every day, we are able to behold the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world and we understand how that is practically applied in His mercy in our lives. Greeted as the King and they cried crucify Him. But it was all God's plan that the Lamb who was indeed the King and will reign some day shed his precious blood in payment.